Report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing son of a gun. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going to talk about the dig. We're going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about toys. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff, and to get the jump off jumping, we're going to get a big uh, debrief with Engineer Emily, and maybe Iceberg. I don't think so, but I do know dude's floating back around here on the station, so I might be able to grab him. We can talk about what happened the other week in the big space battle. So with all that said, let's get uh, let's get going. TRU report number 102. Click. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. So guys, you all know a couple episodes back, it was uh, number 100, we had a space battle. We, well, our gal, Engineer Emily, was the victim of a heinous kidnapping by something known as the Corinthian Army, and us, you know, me, me and Iceberg being like the stand-up heroes that we are, even though we claim not to be, we had no choice. We went after her, we brought her back, but since then, we haven't had the chance to talk, so, I'm, you know, I'm gonna take this opportunity right now, we're gonna sit down, head over to the Snack Shack, and we will, um, just, you know, talk a bit, see what's going on. Okie doke, guys, we are back. We are in the Jupiter Station Snack Shack. That's our, what we call the cafe, our cafeteria. It's not, it's not like the coolest place in the world, but there's food, there's a salad bar, you know, there's that jukebox that the, the Commodore dropped off, and this is where I'll be meeting Engineer Emily. She, oh, there she is, she's over there. Let's go on and see what's going uh, up with her. Hey, Emily, how's it going? Do you, do you mind if I have a seat? No, dude. Of course not. How are you? How have you been? And you know, I'm doing good, but you know, it's you I'm worried about. How, how are you doing? I have been doing good. You know, stressed but good. That's really understandable considering all, all, the, uh, all that you've been through lately. But let's, you know, let's cut through all this and get to the, you know, the meat of what's going on. So what can you tell us about the Corinthian army and what happened? Okay, I don't really want to get into it again. The Commodore has had me in a debriefing for like a week straight, but look, they are bad news, man. They are super bad. They seem pretty bad, but, like, how, how bad are they? Like the worst. They run most of known space and they are not to be flexed on. So, how did you get hooked up with him in the first place? Because if I'm understanding it right, the, you, you, were, you were with them, but you escaped, and that's why they grabbed you the other day, because... And, you know, but what you said on the on the ship was the only way out of the army, is, you know, is in a coffin. So how did you how did you get hooked up with these guys in the first place? They attacked my planet when I was younger. 
They killed almost everyone, but they kept some of us for their army. That's really terrible. I'm sorry. I, I can't imagine what that must be like, but... Why did they decide to keep you alive? Because I had piloting experience. Before I got into radio, I worked as a delivery girl for a while. I was a good pilot, but it's not really my favorite thing. I like what we do here with the show and everything. I like producing bits and whatnot. I, li I like what we do here, too, and I, I like what you do. You're a really great producer. You're, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're just good at this. You, you, you make these great bits. You're, you're one of my favorite people, and you're easy to work with. But, so, you escaped from them after they, they wanted you to do something you didn't want to do. You did not want to fire on some civilians. This is what you told me in the ship. But after, after you escaped, how did you get hooked up with Iceberg? Because I understand that you guys knew each other before all this happened. That's a long story, and I don't really want to get into it here. Can you just give us, like, the short version? I think the people listening, they, they're, they're kind of curious. We are friends from way back. I knew him from when before I was in the army. Him and me have some mutual pals, and he was one of the few people I knew that weren't killed on my planet. That's interesting. Is Iceberg actually from your planet, too? No. He is from Earth, so he was like the only dude I could call when I ran from the army. He let me stay with him for a while and eventually got me this job here with you. I owe him a lot, actually. We all do, really. Dude's often a jerk, but when we, you know, when we needed him, he really came through, man. He, uh, he was quite quite a trooper out there so do you think do you think this is it or do you think that do you think that, that we're gonna hear from these guys again i don't you know i don't have the intel what do you think i am sure that they will come back they won't give up that easily they won't give up at all yeah you know i mean i'm not i'm, I'm worried but i'm not too worried i mean dude we handled those space pirates right these aren't the space pirates these guys are an army and when you rescued me, you declared war on them. We need to stay woke. This could get real. I feel you. What do you what do you think we should do though? I mean the Commodore the Commodore got us some new weaponry and stuff, but what what, what should we do? I don't know, man. I really don't. I am glad that you guys came and got me, but maybe you shouldn't have That's crazy talk. How could you even say that? Me and Iceberg, we're willing to lay it on the line for our friends. It's nice of you to say that, but let's hope it doesn't come to that, but really, it might. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? This Thanksgiving, meet Maui. Yeah. Three of the reasons to see Disney's Moana in 3D this Thanksgiving. This film not yet rated. Moana is the latest Disney princess movie. I I didn't know that. I knew it was a Disney movie. And I'm not a animated Disney movie guy. I, I didn't grow up on them. And they've never, they've never grabbed hold of me the way that they have. You know, to people who who were raised on them. For whatever reason, we didn't watch them so much around the house. I've I've seen most of the major ones, but I'm not I'm not an aficionado, but we needed something to see 
And it opened and it had The Rock. I, I am a wrestling fan and I, I do enjoy The Rock. And 2.0 likes, uh, she likes the ocean. She likes the sea. She likes sea tales. And she wanted to go see it. So uh, go see it. We did. I I didn't know it was a Disney princess movie, I think, also. Uh, so I got drug to this. But I'm going to say it was... A real pleasant surprise. I had uh, a fabulous time. I thought this movie was great. There are some really neat songs, some neat stories. The animation is fun. The rock really shines. It was a cool movie. I didn't think that I would like it as much as I did. I would uh, give it a big thumbs up. I thought it was super fun. Let's, um, let's take a look at the tomatoes for the movie. It is presently sitting at 98 tomatoes with the critics, but with us, the peeps, it's at 93 the movie stars, I'm going to have a hard time with this, and you got to forgive me, Alawi Carvalho, I think that's her name, she plays Moana, it has Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Timo Yura, Morrison is the chief, her dad, the movie was directed by Ron Clements, who also did, this guy's a legend, he did Aladdin, Little Mermaid, just, you know, you name it, He he's done it for Disney, and as we speak... It is at $82,080,000. It's killing it. It won the box office. It took the uh, box office crown from Fantastic Beast. Oh, Fantastic Beast. Now, I didn't see it. It's not my thing. I'm not a Harry Potter guy. You know this. Uh, but 2.0 and The Old Wife are Harry Potter fanatics. And they went opening night. And they thought it was great. So I thought I'd... Thought I'd toss that out there. This is how great they thought it was. Over the Thanksgiving vacation, this is why we ended up having to go see Moana, they, well, when I say they, what I mean is 2.0 and her friends went to see this movie four separate times. They saw it the day, the next day, took a day off, the next day, took a day off, and they saw it the day again. They thought it was great, so if you're on the fence with that, uh, consider that recommendation right there. But, uh, but Moana, what is Moana about? Moana is the daughter of the chief, and they have, you know, a beautiful life on a Polynesian island. It's lush. There's the water. The the beautiful Pacific Ocean is all around them, and everything is marvelous. They get along with each other. They have no enemies. It's paradise. But one day, the, the vegetation starts to rot. They eat coconuts. That's one of their main main food sources, and the coconuts rot, and they don't know what to do, there's no fish, it's scary, and Moana's like, we gotta do it, we gotta go out on the ocean, and we got to, we gotta find, uh, some other place to fish, we gotta find some other place to coconut, but her dad is scared, there are legends about what lies deep out in the ocean, and something to do with the rock, and the rock plays a demigod who... They sort of believe is the the person behind all these troubles. He's not a bad guy, but he did something that angers the gods, and they you know they're taking it out on the people till this day. So Moana decides she has to go out on the sea and she has to do it herself, and she has to find the rock and have him undo this wrong and return things to the way they have to be. I think that's it. I think that pretty much is the story of the movie. It's uh. It's a lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoyed the songs. There's a really great one. I keep saying really. There's an awesome one by The Rock. The Rock 
he used to do this bit every once in a while on wrestling where he would pull out his guitar and he would sing. And he's not, you know, an amazing, amazing uh, singer, but he is a charismatic dude who can carry a tune. And his song is a lot of fun. And I don't know who did the singing for the girl in Moana. I do not believe it was the actress. It was somebody else. Let's, um, we, we, we got to find out. We got to, got to give her credit. I'm typing right now. Um, Moana singer. Let's see if that will give us what we need. The girl who, um, no, that's somebody altogether different. So let's see. I apologize for this. Um, type, type, type. Um, we're, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do the research on the fly. We're, uh, right here, right now on Wikipedia. And it turns out that, huh, the girl is the actual singer, I guess. She did it herself. I did not did not know that, and I feel bad for disparaging this poor young lady. My apologies to you. So, I recommend Moana, man. If you got a family and you want to go have, you know, some family fun time at the movies, and, you know, you want to get out of the house and do something, this is cool, man. Nice, nice time, nice music, fun story, pretty uplifting, pretty good stuff. I'm going to give it on the source meter with five being an all-time classic, and one being an all-time, uh, clunk, I guess, a clunk, uh, uh, let's see, we will give it 3.5 mics, not bad at all. Hey, this is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke on G.I. Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us Report. Yo, Joe! Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek propeller hat. It's really up to you. Virtualdirtmall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. Dingleberry, you want it, you got it. More tales from the dig, aka Dig Life. I I spend a lot of time at the dig. The dig is what I call the the Goodwill outlet store. It's the last place that donated merchandise goes before it winds up in a dumpster. You can get a lot of bargains. You can find a lot of weird stuff, and it's all by the pound. It's a weird place full of weird people who choose to buy their life by the pound. And the the weight is what we're going to talk about. There have been some major changes over at The Dig. They have implemented a, a system where every item in the store is now $1.79 per pound. Uh, before, if I'm remembering correctly, they... The price on merchandise was 89 cents and it was, uh... Something like a buck eighty nine on uh fabrics, you know, clothes, uh towels, jackets, things like that. They have the store split down the middle. One side is wares, one side is mercantile items, is that what they call them? Uh clothes basically is what it is. 
one side's stuff, one side's clothes. And the clothes side was always the higher price side by the pound. The wares was the lower, but now it's all the same at a buck seventy-nine. They also, while they did weigh things by the pound, there were certain items that were by the uh, item. You know, they would take electronics, stereos, speakers, and these items weren't weighed, they were priced. And nowadays, everything is priced. I, I myself, I do not care that much. My, my deal at the dig is I am looking for things for myself. I'm also looking for things to flip. And what makes a good flippable item to me is size. I want small things that are easy to ship. So, this weight thing isn't a big deal to me. I'm looking for just small things I can put inside of a box and off they go. But a lot of dudes make their living off stereo equipment and electronic things and stuff. Big items they could buy for a low price and take to the to the flea market. I, I see the people at the dig at the flea market all the time with the speakers and the bikes and whatever furniture, washers, dryers, whatever they would buy these things at the dig and these people you know who who have this business model are presently up in arms uh everything by the weight gives you crazy prices if you if you grab some let's say you grab like a stereo receiver this might be like a you know 25 30 pound thing and a buck 79 you're looking at like 60 dollars whereas before it was like two to five dollars it's crazy People are going bananas. It's it's the wildest thing I've seen since I started going to the dig. That's not true at all. I don't know why I said it. It is pretty wild, though, the way people are going crazy. They're talking like there should be, like, customer strikes. Like, we should all quit going. Or maybe we should go and sit and not buy anything and show, you know, unity together. And I'm just like, whatever, man. I don't, I don't shop at the Goodwill outlet store to form a union i come just to walk around see what's going on get some weird stories from you guys and try to find my small easily packable items and i can understand how you got a problem but that's uh you know neither here nor there for me i i i suppose that's not an mp that's a yp your problem all right now you're talking above my head all right i don't know this industry jargon yp mp whatever okay Everybody gets a cart. When you go, you get a cart and you put your cart up against a wall in a certain area and that's where you store your goods. And I can see that people's carts are less full than they used to be. And I can see when people are checking out, they are buying a lot less than they would have in the past. And that can't be good for the Goodwill. I've always kind of thought it should be this way. Since the items at the dig go directly into the dumpster, which goes directly to the landfill... Anything you buy, you are, you're doing them a bit of a service because it's less weight in their dumpster. I know that the bigger, you know, the, the recycling companies and the garbage companies, you know, they charge by, by the pound for takeaways and anything you buy is less weight. So it's less for them. I thought in reality, the system should be reversed. You know, the bigger items you take away should cost less because... You're doing them a service, man. And if you buy something electronic, you're doing them a bigger service because electronic recycling is crazy expensive. But they don't see it that way. The other day, I found something that was kind of cool and it did sort of go... It did go outside my small item uh, jurisdiction. It was 
a big vacuum sealer. It was in the box. It was brand new. Uh, I looked it up. People were selling them for like 150 bucks. So I'm thinking I might take a shot on this because all I got to do is find a big box and put it inside of because it's already packed away and sealed and it's all good to go. But when I took it up to weigh it, they said, oh, this is going to cost, you know, 45 bucks. And what's funny is it had a tag from when it went through the store and the store tag was only $8. And I said, hey, you couldn't sell this for $8. Why do you think I'm going to pay, you know, so much more for it? They had no answer for me. And uh, when I was there, I saw a guy, this guy Urbano. He's this, he's a Mexican guy. He's from He's from Mexico. He hardly speaks any English, but he's very friendly. He's very nice. I like him. He found some jewelry. He found, you know, like a gold bracelet and a diamond ring, small diamonds, like a, a chip, you know, he, but he found it. And these, you know, these are nice things that he can easily, easily sell. He found them inside of a box. And when he went to check out, it cost like 75 cents. So this was a situation where, in fact, the smaller, more valuable item cost less than the larger, less valuable item, but K Sarah Sarah, it's not that big of a deal to me. Usually they, they, they'll throw you curves. Life throws you curves and all you can do is just, you know, move out of the way. You can adjust if the bigger things are more expensive, you gotta be smarter and you gotta look for more cooler, smaller things that fit within the criteria of the weight. It's just, you gotta go like be like a tree branch and just flow with the wind, man. You just got to uh, be like a tree in the wind, you know, kind of... You're a tree in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like that movie Nell with Jodie Foster and uh, Liam Neeson. So be like a tree in the wind. Uh, Let's see. That's your life lesson. That's your life lesson for the week. What else has been cracking over at the dig? The other day, they, you know, they bring out the stuff and everybody has to line up while they, you know rotate the stock and then they give you the signal and you can move in and go through the stuff when that happens it's occasionally a bit of a madhouse and the other day it was one of those situations and I I had something in my hand it was a it was a phone like a cordless phone one of those like Vonage phones and I didn't really want it and I was going to put it back but this guy grabbed a hold of it this like really short stocky guy he was maybe I'm not even kidding, like five foot one, five foot two, but also super wide, but not like in a fat way, just kind of, he was just like a cannonball. And he grabbed a hold of what I had and started trying to pull it away from me. I, I, I didn't even want it, but I started, you know, pulling back and he's pulling back against me. And it was a weird situation. This isn't something that happens to me that often. I see other people do it, but like he's pulling and pulling and... I don't want to give up. I don't want to like, I don't want to let him have it, even though I don't want it just because I don't want him to think that I'm the one. I don't want him to think that he can, you know, push me around. So I'm pulling back. And then I, uh, I, I gave him the crazy eyes, which I hardly do. I opened my eyes super wide and looked at him and said, let it go. And he, he looked up at me and he did, he, he dropped it. And then I looked at it and then I dropped it because I didn't even want it. I just didn't want him to have it. But the other day I saw him again and he was right next to me and The stuff they bring out is sometimes kind of piled up. And this part was, you know, there was something underneath I wanted. So I lifted up this heavy tote with one arm and I was reaching underneath to get my hand on something. And I don't remember what it was. I don't think I really wanted it. I just wanted to see what it was. But I had my hand on it and Homie stuck his arm in there and started trying to pull it away from me, right? 
But this time, I'm just like, this guy's got to learn the lesson. This guy's got to pay the price. So I moved my hand, and I just, I let the tub go, and it fell on his arm. It wasn't a heavy tub. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to break dude's arm or anything of that sort. I'm not going to take it that far. But um, I was holding it up, and he was coming in. He was coming in to grab something I had already grabbed. So drop it, I did, upon his arm. And he went, ah! He kind of shrieked, ah! And that's what you get, I guess. I didn't uh, I didn't want to make him shriek, but you mess with the uh, bull, sometimes you get the horns. I guess, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it, it just made me mad. It made me mad that he went in for it again. This guy, this guy is becoming a thorn in my side. He, I, I think he thinks he's a tough guy because he's really wide, but, um, it's just weird, man. I don't know why you want to be a dig tough guy. This isn't like, uh, you know, the mean streets of uh, Greenwich, Connecticut or anything. This is, you know, it's the dig and we're all having fun. There's no, it's not a mean streets, but I guess some people just take it more serious, man. So you want to take it serious around me, you'll get a tub right on your arm. That's probably, this is, you know what? There's not just so much cracking over there lately. There's the same old stuff, but... It seems as if the joyousness has been drug out by the price uh, increase. Some people are taking it super serious. And uh, I don't know, man. I guess if you make 100% of your your money, your livelihood, picking stuff at the dig, you might, you might take it serious. You know, to me, it's like a hobby. It's fun. So I don't, you know, I don't freak out about it. But um, a lot of the joyousness has been taken out of the place, I guess. And... That's a bit of a bummer, but, uh, hey, you know, you can't let that kind of stuff get you down. You just got to be like a tree in the wind, like I said a few minutes ago. So let's jump ahead into the final segment of the program. This is known as the Toys R Us Report. We're going to have some TV talk, so get ready for that. Be back in a sec. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us Report. Speaking of, uh, toy store stuff, I actually went to the toy store. I mean, I go every week. I go sometimes even, like, twice a week. Uh, it just depends on what's going on. But I do go over to the Toys R Us at least once a week. I just don't, um, I don't see a lot of things that, uh, make me want to buy them. But this week I did. I was walking by the, uh, Rogue One figures near the front of the store. And I saw a Sabine Wren. I saw a Star Wars Rebels Sabine Wren, as you know, if you've been following the show for a while, Sabine is uh, one of my favorite characters of Rebels. And just like last year, I think it was, I was hunting all over the place for the Rebel Sabine. This is a different one. The one I was uh, into last year was a two-pack with her and a Stormtrooper. This one was just her solo-packed. There's also going to be a Sabine Star Wars Black that I think I'm going to be going crazy for. And... I understand those are available. I think I've seen people with them on uh, Facebook, but we don't got them here uh, at all anywhere. But I did find this one, Sabine. It's the three and three quarter inch one. She is kind of in line with, you know, the old school Star Wars figures. And I think she's pretty cool. Let me reach over and grab her right now. I got to roll across the office and grab um, Sabine. Sabine is up here on the shelf next to my Hoth Han Solo, which I got from my good friend, Lamar the Revenger. My Twitter pal, you can find him at uh, Lamar Revenger on Twitter. He sent that to me out of the kindness of his heart. 
And Sabine is up there with him. She's uh, kind of small. She's slight. She's skinny. But what's really cool is her helmet comes off. You know, Sabine is a Mandalorian, like Boba Fett. So she has that Boba Fett armor. And her helmet comes on and off. You can see her head with her blue hair. And then you can put the helmet on. She came with two guns. And the guns go into her holster, which is cool, too. I... I was really into this, and I was happy to find it. It only cost me, like, $7.99. What else is going on? Oh, this is important, man. Uh, check out the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. The first episode dropped last week. You can find it right here at icrobots.com or on your IC Robots radio feed. Wherever, wherever it is you get this, you can find that there. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a show by my good pal of more than a million years. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, and he he starts talking about the origins of his, himself, I guess. He talks about being a kid, growing up here in uh, Santa Rosa, growing up in San Francisco. It's a lot of fun, and we're going to have episode uh, number two coming to you soon enough. So make sure to get through episode number one. It was a real treat, a uh, nice time. It's about an hour, and I recommend that to uh, you. Let's see. Oh, man! Did you guys catch the big crossover event on the DCW this week? I loved it. It was an alien invasion deal that crossed over all of the shows. Supergirl, Legends, Flash, and Arrow. And it was marvelous. The The schedule is like this. Uh, Monday is Supergirl. And on that show, they didn't show you too much. They kind of teased some stuff. And then... Barry and Cisco pop up at the end. That's the Flash and the science guy for the team. They pop up at the end in her dimension. And they bring her back. And then on Arrow... Not Arrow. Flash is next. On Flash, the jump off really starts jumping. And then it goes into Arrow where it gets real. And on the finale on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, it was so great. That's where they have the final battle between the uh, Super Friends and the... Alien invaders. I can call them the super friends because they all meet and hang out in a building that is an exact duplicate of the Hall of Justice. It is it's just, it's amazing. I don't know another way to say it. It's amazing. They they played it up like this was a building that Star Labs owned and there was nothing going on there, so it was a safe place to meet and practice. But dude, they gave you all of these heroes inside of the Hall of Justice. And that was, that's a life-defining moment right there. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I I still feel happy about it right now. I thought, I, oh man, I was just, I was on cloud nine. I was in heaven. It was great. The, the It was such a fun time. At the end, the the battle between the, the alien, the dominators, and the people. It's just so much fun. One of the things that made it so fun is that the whole deal was based off an 80s DC Comics crossover event called Invasion. When I can remember when Invasion came about, I was really into uh, my early comic collecting career. And a crossover event of this sort did not come along all the time. And I was just, I was into it. I bought just about every comic that crossed over, you know, the, the, the stories. And the deal was there are these alien invaders known as the dominators, tall, skinny, they have horrible fangs 
like these evil fangs and they have red dots on their head. They're if I'm remembering correctly, the dots were part of like a caste system that they had on their planet and your place in the cast was based upon the uh, size of your dot. The bigger the dot, the cooler you were, I think. And, anywho, they were concerned with the amount of metahuman activity on Earth. So they, they decided it was time to jump down and uh, take over or do whatever it took to keep this in check. And that's pretty much the basic storyline of the DCW crossover event. And I was just, I was marking out, man. I could not believe that they brought something that... At this point, it is a bit 80s obscure. I wouldn't call it obscure, but it's not something that people talk about all the time, like the crisis on infinite Earths or whatever. It was something that happened, and then when it was over, it was over. One, uh, I remember that every week you could go to the comic store and get a poster, an invasion poster, and then at the end, all the pieces connected together to make one giant poster. And I had that on the wall of my bedroom above my closet for I don't even know how long. I might have that somewhere around here, actually. And they also did a Daily Planet edition, like a newspaper that crossed over all the stories and gave you, you know, like the news as if it was real news that was really happening in the the real world. That was a lot of fun. And you got to go out of your way. Go out of your way to see this Invasion crossover, even if you don't watch DCW. It's a lot of fun. You can find it on the CW app. They have an app, and they give all the shows away for free, and you don't have to... You don't have to be up to current events to enjoy the Invasion. It's just... It's, it's really cool, man. You will see how many characters they have. They pull out, like, Speedy comes back on Arrow, and they have a new guy, Commander Steel, and the universe has become... So vast. The DCW universe is vast. And you don't realize it till you see them all together. You go, that's really something. They have put together something. And it's something we all need to celebrate. You get four days a week of superhero shows. And that's just something that I never thought would happen. And I'm happy that it does. Uh, what else? Oh, man. Do any of you guys watch Gilmore Girls? I, I need you to be real about this. Because I do. I have seen every episode of the show more than once. I know more than once. It's one of those things the old wife was into it. And if your old wife gets into a show, you sometimes find yourself getting into the show too. You watch it together. We watched from the start all the way to the end. And obviously she's in it more than me. So she's watched a rerun. And it seems as if the show was always on. The reason... There was a Netflix show, is this. The creator, writer of the show, Amy Sherman Palladino, lost control of the last season. It was going to be the last season, and for whatever reason, she got ousted, and somebody else wrote it. So she never got to write the ending that she wanted to write. She never got to write the final four words that she wanted. She talked about it all the time. I had the four words written out, and I wanted to have whatever character say them, and I never got the chance, and everybody's been dying, everybody who's a fan of the Gilmore Girls has been dying to hear what those four words were, and Netflix decided, hey, let's do it, let's get everybody together, let's shoot four episodes, and we'll give you the ending you wanted, and it was a lot of fun, the story of the Gilmore Girls, if you don't know, is the story of Lorelai and Rory Gilmore, the... 
Gilmore family is incredibly rich. They are, you know, New England blue bloods and they are super rich. And their daughter, Lorelai, gets pregnant at 16 and has Rory. Uh, they don't turn their backs on her. They're there for her, but she doesn't like the scorn. So she leaves and she raises her on her own and they become like best friends. You know, they're best friends and they live in this wacky town and the show is the story of this mother-daughter. It's full of like fast-paced dialogue and witty references. It's not bad at all. It's one, as far as like having your wife get into a show that you have to watch. This is not bad at all. And the Netflix show was quite good. They brought back just about every character that you would ever want. The the minor ones, the major ones, all the old boyfriends, just everything. And it was nice to see them again. It was so nice to go back to wacky old Stars Hollow and see and see what was going on there. I don't know, man. I imagine a couple of you out there have watched this. And if you have hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com backslash IC robots, I S E E robots or on Twitter at IC robots. Facebook's more fun. More stuff happens over there. Hit me up. Let me know that you got Gilmore love. Cause I wasn't, I posted something there and I got no love. I got a couple, couple responses, but I expected at least one brave soul to come forward and say, yes, I see robots. I have, in fact, watched the Gilmore Girls. But it didn't happen. But what are you going to do? Get into it, though. It's kind of fun. It's not, you know, it's not the DCW or anything. But it is, it is a cool show full of cool, witty stuff. And there's eh, six seasons, I think. I'm not sure. And this was the seventh. But the seventh is only four episodes. You, You can definitely get through that. What else is popping? Oh, I listened to Action Figure Blues the other day, and this is, to me, the number one toy podcast out there. I listen every week. My good buddy Engineer Nerd's over there. What's up, Engineer Nerd, if you're listening right now? Uh, He's one of the co-hosts on the show, and they announced that they are going to, after their 150th episode, it's a weekly show, after their 150th episode, they're going to go on a hiatus and take some time off, regroup. And maybe come back, maybe come back in a different form, maybe come back not as a weekly podcast. And I can definitely understand where they're coming from. They've been at it for five years now of doing weekly shows, but I do feel the world will be lesser off for the loss of Action Figure Blues. They they got great news, great, just everything. It's a fun show. I like it. I listen every single week and I will definitely miss that in my life. And I hope they come back soon. I hope they, I hope they regroup. I hope they get back together and, you know, I don't know, man. It's hard doing a weekly show, especially the scope that they do. Their show is like sometimes a couple hours and I definitely, I definitely appreciate the work involved with that and I wish them all the best and I want to thank, I want to thank my peeps over there for just hanging in as long as you did. I enjoy the show every week and I appreciate the sacrifice that you guys have sacrificed, and I wish you all the best. So, with all that said, I, I'm going to get up out of here. I got to gotta hit these vents, these station vents, before I get to go back to Earth and enjoy the weekend. So, for me, Engineer Emily Iceberg is around here somewhere. He didn't pop up, but I know homie's listening. This has been episode number 102. We broke 100. 102 episodes 
in a row. Uh, this is me, I see robot signing off. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.